0: Welcome to the podcast for Wenton Baptist Church. I pray God uses this message to bless you in Jesus' name. And again, we're going to be back in some of the Psalms next, uh, next week. But today I want to uh, kind of take a break and look in Second Peter uh, chapter 1. And uh, if you'll turn with me there, Second Peter chapter 1, uh, he is going to talk about how uh, the results of a changed life. And I want to skip ahead just for a moment there. Uh, to verse 12 of chapter 1. And uh, he is talking about reminding the church of certain things. And he says this, Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you know them and are established in the truth you now have. I think it is right, as long as I am in the bo- this bodily tent, to wake you up with a reminder. Since I know that I will soon lay aside my tent, as our Lord Jesus Christ has indeed made clear to me. And I will also make every you are able to recall these things at any time after my departure. So Peter is stating here, he's, he's reminding the church of what it means <clears throat> to live a truly changed life. To live a truly changed life and what we need to do about it. So why is he reminding them? Why is he reminding them? Well, simply for the fact we need a reminder from time to time. We need to be reminded uh, about certain things. And, hey, it's human nature to forget. It's human nature to forget. Maybe some of you can uh, remember certain things from your childhood. uh, But it's really human nature to forget. That's why we need uh, reminders. We have reminders of all kinds of things around us. We have Pictures that remind us of precious people and, and memories in our lives. Uh, you know, and, and sometimes if we'll look at a picture, it'll, it'll trigger a memory or a place or a moment that we have with that person. I'll give you an example. Here's a picture uh, of me and uh, four generations of Davises, if you will. Yes, we all have glasses except my dad. God bless him. Uh, so that's, I guess that's where I get that from. But I'm the little guy in the red shirt. And uh, this is my, my, my dad, my great-grandfather, uh, we called him Big Dad, his name was William Davis, uh, and the, the guy behind him was Jack, and then that's my dad, his name is Dennis. And I have very few memories of my great-grandfather, so if you are blessed to be a great-grandfather, uh, just make sure, you know, those, those moments and memories you have with your littles, they're precious, they're so precious. Uh, and I remember a few memories with uh, Big Dad, and I actually visited him in the hospital. And uh, he was, I walked up to his hospital bed, and I was a little guy, and I didn't understand much about hospital visits, so I, I just went up to Big Dad, and somehow he had, I think they had like a, a dartboard in his in his hospital room, don't know the details, but you know it's a dartboard with Velcro balls. So you throw the Velcro ball at the dartboard, I guess you had... He had fun in the hospital back during those, those days. I don't know. Uh, so he had this little Velcro ball, and throwing it at the dartboard, and I walked up to his side, and I remember Big Dad, just this little moment with, between me and him, he took the ball, and he said, and he threw it, uh, and I went to go get the ball, but he didn't throw it. Uh, he kept it. He played a trick on me. So I had to go back and say, hey, Big Dad, you played a trick on me. Uh, well, what is that? But in, in a tender moment, just, it's just a great-granddad playing with his grandchild, just a, a sweet, tender moment. And so I remember that. And so that, that, this picture always reminds me of that special time, that moment, that memory that I had with Big Dad. I don't have a lot of memories with him, but I do have that memory, and it reminds me a little bit about who he was. And so uh, we connect in that way. There's also, music has a great way of reminding us of moments and things, certain situations in our life. Click on this next blank slide, Allison, to the right of that. How many of you know this song right now? Who knows what it is? Anybody? Let's raise your hand the moment you, you hear this. It's an oldie. Raise your hand. You ever heard? You know it. You know it now. Okay, now you know it. Okay, yeah. What's the name of the song? To Start with Love. Okay. All right. Uh, go ahead and clear it out, Allison. Red. Okay. This this song. Uh, has a special memory meaning to me. Believe it or not, it's an, it's an older song, uh, and, "To Serve With Love" by I think it's Lula or something. Lu, okay, Lulu. And uh, we, my sister and I, we would gather around the stereo with my dad. My dad loves music, and every Saturday morning he would wake up and blare the music and get us kids out of bed. And it's just we lived. We lived with that. That was our life. He always wanted to make sure we were in a good mood, getting up on, on the weekends. And he would come home after work, and he was tired. He worked all day, yet he still took time for his kids. And he'd sit down with us around the stereo and play uh, with a sing songs, And my sister... She has a beautiful voice, beautiful, beautiful voice. She would sing this song, and Daddy would always want Jennifer to sing this song. Jenny, sing this song. And she would just belt that song out like nobody's business. She could nail that song, sometimes better than the recording itself. I've got video recording of it. I've got evidence. But that was a memory for me. It reminded me of just sweet times with my family. And so we use music to remind us of things in our life, of how things were. Another way that we have reminders are pain. Pain can remind us of things in our, in our past. Uh, painful memories, some, sometimes we remember pain more than we do uh, joyful moments in our life. There's a lot of pain in our past, right? So we remember the pain sometimes, uh, almost too vividly. And sometimes the pain can wound us and, and scar us. And, and if we haven't moved on from that, sometimes the pain can be a reminder uh, of something. And so it remind, pain can sometimes remind us of something. But, you know, when we see, hear, or smell, sometimes smell kind of reminds you of someone that you, you knew, or, uh, you know, uh, when Allison's away on a trip and I, I smell her pillow and I smell her perfume, it reminds me of who she is, right? Uh, or, or an old jacket that someone wore, or a, a room you go into, or an old a house that you haven't visited, while, you go back to your old house, or a drive by a, a place where you used to live. Uh, it reminds you of, of good times, of, 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 of very good times. And sometimes we actually remember what was forgotten. Uh, You know, all this stuff, it takes us back. But many of us need reminders of what it was that first brought us to the Lord. What was it that brought us to the Lord? Those moments, those people, those teachers, the pastors, that all had a moment, the events, that had a moment in your life that brought you to the Lord. Now, Peter is saying, church, I want to remind you of these things. I want it to be so that you don't forget, after I go, so that you don't forget what it was that brought you to the Lord and how it is that you need to keep growing in your faith. You need to take these foundational values that I'm reminding you of and use them and grow in your faith. Now, Christians, we, we, we all tend to drift away. Flow and flow in our faith. Our faith is not... Like a straight shot upward, it's more like an up and down and up and down and up and down. That's this reality of how we are we live the Christian life. Uh, but sometimes, in going away from our original passion for faith, you know, the Spirit of God said in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, I'll bring it up on the screen here, watch what uh, the Spirit says to the church in Ephesus. It says, I know that you have persevered and endured hardships for the sake of my name, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. Another translation says you have abandoned your first love. Remember then how far you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. Otherwise, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. He was saying, Go back to things that made you, made me your first love. God, the Lord, I was your first love. Jesus, I was your first love. Go back, you've forgotten me. Can you imagine Jesus saying that to you? you you've forgotten me. Go back to your first love. Reminding of, of what a changed life is and what, a, what a, a, a truly changed life looks like in Jesus. We need reminders of that every so often in our life, in our, in our spiritual growth as a, as a believer. We need rem- reminders of that because over time, we forget. So here's Peter reminding the church wanted them to not forget these ideas about a truly changed life. God's power and God's promises are all we need. Faith is the beginning of a changed life. And unending spiritual growth is a result of a changed life. And spiritual fruit is a result of a changed life. Hopefully at the end of this message, you remember truth from the day that you might live a changed life. Now, I want to ask you a question. How many of you can remember what the pastor that graciously spoke last week, what was was he preaching on? Does anybody remember? Okay, the one of the Great job. Okay. The, the White Sox. Great. All right, good. What was I preaching on the Sunday before that? It's hard to remember, is it not? It's hard. It's really hard to remember. Okay. What was the last thing uh, you said to your spouse before you left for church today or before, before you got out of the car? Anybody remember? Okay. And maybe, maybe a few things. Okay. Uh, I love you. Or so, hopefully, we're, It's our memory sometimes hard to remember from the last week, the last month. It, it, it's just the, the nature of our mind. But hopefully today you might understand a few things. I won't be offended if you don't. It's not about me. It's never been about me. It's about the Lord Jesus and him being glorified in your life. And I pray that God changes your life because of the truth that you hear. So here's the first point. Faith in Jesus is the beginning of a changed life. Faith in Jesus is the beginning of a changed life. We all must start with faith in Jesus. We can't go any further. Uh, don't pass go and collect $200. We have to begin with a faith in Jesus. 2 Peter 1 1 through 2 says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to received a faith equal to ours through the righteousness of God, our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Maybe grace and peace. Uh, be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So, in order for real change to happen, what has to happen? You've got to start with Jesus. It's so simple. The gospel is so simple. You've got to start with Jesus. So, we start with Jesus. In Moldova, I saw many teens begin a relationship with Jesus. They Raise their hand. There's another picture here. Uh, what we do is when, when we, we, we gave a gospel presentation, uh, there, here's a girl. We handed out these Operation Christmas Child Bibles. Yes, when you write that check to Operation Christmas Child, they send those boxes across. But did you know they all also send scriptures in the native language? They, they gave them Romanian Bibles uh, because of your gifts. So that's how you're impacting people around the world. Right there, that teenager got a Bible because she said, You know, I want to follow Christ for real. And so we, handed, we gave her a Bible. And she immediately started reading it. It was an, an amazing change because why? Jesus had impacted her immensely. And she wanted to right there to read it. Maybe out of curiosity, but she, you can see all the stuff was going on around her. She didn't care about that. She wanted to know more about God's Word. Jesus changed her. But it starts with Jesus. Faith is the beginning of change. Now, maybe you remember the first time you, uh, the language we use in, in Baptist circles is got saved. Maybe you remember the time you got saved. Maybe you can remember the date you got saved. Anybody have a date in, in their mind? Uh, for me, it's, it's in February of 1992, February 19th, 1992 is when I got saved. I've got it written down here, uh, to, again, to remind me. But maybe for some of you, it was a gradual revealing, God revealing himself to you over time. He said, you know what, God, I'm, I'm beginning more and more to follow you. It's gradual. So yes, God, I want to repent, and I want to follow you. All, I want to give all of myself to you. And that's that's okay, too. Uh, we You have to begin with faith. You've got to start with faith. And it's important that we know the real Jesus, not the fake Jesus, the real Jesus. For on the day of judgment, Jesus is going to say to many people, watch this. He says this in Matthew. Seven. You've heard this before. It says this Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Those are devastating words. Devastating words to people who call God Lord. So we should do a, a double take, a check. Whoa, I, I call you Lord. Is that me? Is it talking about me right here? Am, am I not going to enter the kingdom of heaven? am i doing the will of the father these are deep personal questions and we go on in verse 22 and it says on that day many will say to me lord lord did we not now watch these things here this is not these are these are really super duper spiritual things did we not prophesy in your name that's that's very spiritual prophecy did we not drive out demons exorcism that's hugely spiritual on another spiritual level okay we did that in your name jesus we, miracles. What about miracles? That's that's pretty super spiritual and watch what happens. Even after all this spir, outwardly spiritual looking things, he says this. Then I was announced, to the Lord, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. Do we know the real Jesus? Or do we have uh, a fake Jesus somewhere in our mind, a fake spirituality, and not just use uh, spiritual-sounding words in front of the right people. Do we know Jesus? Faith in Jesus is the beginning of a changed life, but also God's power and promises are all we need for a changed life. Here's the next, next slide here. It's all we need for a changed life. Verses 3 and 4, it says this. I love this. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. By these, He has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. Now, we can never be as spiritual as God wants us to be without seeing Jesus as our only way to be godly. Jesus is our only way to be godly or of God. It's what godliness means, is of God. So it doesn't come from anything that we have. We can't muster up enough strength to be godly because, guess what, we're going to eventually fail at this task of being godly. Rather, it comes from the power of God himself. His divine power has given us everything we need, everything. God's power, not our power, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who has called us. In order for the believer to grow, for you and I to grow, we must understand we cannot do it on our own. We cannot. Now, when I was in Moldova this year, there were many you know, comical circumstances of me trying to speak Romanian to the, 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 the natives, right? The natives, and I was going to try to impress with them my Romanian skills and you know, I'd studied all year, and here we go, and and so I was speaking to them uh, f- a few things, and and there's a, a subtle difference between the word hand and tomorrow. So when you say nevedem uh, muna or nevedem uh it's it's it, you're either saying a tomorrow, or you see my hand, so there's just a subtle difference there. When I try to speak that, you get a, you get a couple of Snickers, and they're gracious, and they teach you when you're saying it wrong, and there's a sound they use in the Moldovan language. It, we don't have that in our English. It's like, Ugh. it's literally an A with a, uh, it's, it, like that. It's, you, I don't know how to say that, so, mu, na, or mu, and I try it, and I trip over myself, and I look like I'm just silly, but it's okay, because why? Translator there. A translator helps. Me interpret the Romanian language, and so I don't make a fool of myself uh, all the time. Uh, <laughs> they are translating for gracious, but I need them. I need them to, to do things for me. Same way we need Jesus to do things for us because we can't do it alone. God has given us his power to live the Christian life. If you live it, try to live it in your own power, you're going to fail. You'll blow it every single time. But if you live in the strength of the power of God, you're going to find that you're going to be. Think differently. Christians should be different. Our church should be different. People should know that we love Jesus and and we're not going to live like the world. This is not a moralistic teaching, this is reality. Uh, You don't do things that that a non believer does. Uh, You you get upset at sin, you don't excuse it. Uh, Well, I ask for forgiveness later, wink, wink. No, that's not what a believer does. A believer lives a godly life Uh, with the understanding that we're going to fail sometimes. We need grace. We all need grace. Uh, Sinners are in church, right? Perfect people are not in church. Sinners are in church. Being godly has the idea of moral uprightness and honoring God. Through the life and godliness, God has promised to empower us. He has also given us his precious promises. God's given us amazing promises in the Word of God. Amazing promises. Here's just a few of the promises God has promised us in His Word. He says this, John 4, 14 says this, whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. I was thirsty. Uh, we, we all get thirsty and we eat water and stuff, and and when the water went out in Moldova, uh, I got really thirsty. Uh, the Water hadn't gone out in like years there, and, and all of a sudden the water went out. For some reason, there were Flushing the whole town of an Illinois, Anino- and we didn't have any water, and that meant no showers. So that's okay, you know. We understand that we're going to encounter these things, uh, and so we had to make do, and you know, yeah, you wipes or whatever, and you move on. Uh, but I was I was thirsty for it because I couldn't have um, the the water there. So, but He has promised us eternal life. Whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water that I give him will become a water spring up in him for eternal life. God's going to well up within you. He's going to give you eternal life. And that's a promise of God. Another promise is this. God promises us heaven. God promises us uh, a mansion. We think about a mansion in glory, you know, we're going to go to heaven and get uh, Are all of us going to have mansions? Is that is that the reality? I think the reality is a little bit more nuanced that we're not going to all live in in glorious houses. Uh, I think it's more there's it, it's more of a spiritual There, we're going to enjoy the presence of God uh, in Him, and but Jesus confirms my Father's house in language to speak to us uh, about a heavenly reality. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. I don't know what God's preparing, but it's going to be amazing. Whether it's a mansion or a place or a room. It's going to be absolutely amazing, way beyond our wildest dreams. And Jesus is preparing that for you and I and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord who is a believer. It's exciting. That's so exciting. That's, that's a promise that he's given us in Scripture. Also in Revelation chapter 3.21, he says this, To the one who conquers, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Just as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne throne. What, what does it mean to sit down with Jesus on his throne? I don't know. But it's, it's, it's promised in Scripture that we're going to be able to reign with Christ. All these promises that we have as a believer, and, and through these promises, we can share in the divine nature. We can be like Jesus. That's what, that's what Christian means. We're little Christs. We're like Jesus. And also, 2 Peter 1 1 says this, to those who have received a faith equal to ours. Peter just said, he just said, the whole church, you guys have a faith that's just like mine. The apostle Peter, you know, the the rock of the church, he said, you know what? You have a faith that is equal to mine. And that's an amazing uh, idea that we can do that. We can have a faith equal to that of the apostles. As all that comes through what? The power of God Almighty. The power of God working in us. Not only do we begin with faith in Jesus, not only does he empower us to change, but unending spiritual growth is the result of a changed life. Verses 5-7 through says this. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. So here are eight characteristics, eight qualities of a believer that is growing in their faith. You want to say, what is a a Christian supposed to look like? What is a Christian supposed to do? How do I know that I'm on the right path? Well, here it is. First one is faith. Faith is the foundation of being a believer. Faith, James said, faith without works is dead. I think we might have that up on the screen there. Uh, Maybe not. Uh, But faith without works is dead. That's what faith means. That's right. Faith without works is dead. You have faith and works together. You can't have faith and not do works. And you can't do works without having faith. Faith is going to motivate you to serve the kingdom of God. You're going to go do good things. You're going to trust God and you're going to believe in faith. Uh, the goodness there, it's the idea of moral virtue. Uh, the knowledge. Knowledge is not uh, salvific knowledge. It's the, the, the discernment to make decisions. You're going to make wise decisions as you grow in your faith. God's going to teach you. You're going to read God's Word. You're going to know how to decide to make better decisions in life. Self-control. And that's essentially saying no to sin. You're going to say, nope, I don't need to hear that. I don't need to see that. I'm going to say no to I don't need to eat that. Okay, that's me. Uh, knowing that, saying no to sin, creating discipline in your life through the Holy Spirit's power. There are things you can do. Create uh, If you do something for 30 days, you, it's a new discipline in your life. So you begin walking for 30 days. You begin studying Romanian for 30 days. It becomes a discipline. You begin praying for 30 days. Try, try some of these disciplines, and it'll help you as you grow in your faith to, to, to grow up. Uh, endurance. Persevere, the ability to endure hardship and suffering without losing faith. And that's, a, that's one that we all relate to because many of us, if not all of us, have endured suffering and hardship on some level. And and. Most of us have gotten through that storm. Why? Because you have walked with other people. People have walked with you through that storm and prayed for you. And here many times we pray for those who are suffering in our midst, and they have gotten through the storms, and that's endurance. That means you're growing in your faith. That's That's a characteristic of spiritual growth. You endure. You get through through God's power. Another idea is godliness. Godliness is having a correct attitude towards God, and people, very simple, love God, love others. That's what godliness is. If you're not loving God and you're not loving others, you're not very godly. The other idea is agape love. This love agape there. Uh, it's self, self, I'm sorry, brotherly affection. Phileo is a family love. Uh, family love is, is to the extent of to the family of, of the church. We love our mom and dad. We love our brothers and sisters. We love our grandkids with a special kind of love. That's family love. That's Phileo love. Well, Peter is saying here that needs to be with the same with the other people around us in church. These are our, our spiritual brothers and sisters in Christ. And so that's a kind of a different reality, but it's a it's a neat and an interesting reality that you are my brother and sister in Christ. We're part of a better A greater spiritual family in Christ, and so we need to engage in that kind of love for one another. Uh, The agape love, that's the self sacrificing love. Uh, Allowing for weaknesses and dealing with problems, it's loyal. Yes, I know you're broken, but I'm going to love you anyway. God bless you, I'm going to love you anyway, because Jesus Christ loved me. That's agape love. I know last week you probably weren't on your best, uh, you weren't in your best mood or whatever, but you know what, I'm going to love you anyway. I know you just said those words to me, but I'm going to love you anyway. I know you may not be very loving towards me right now, but I'm going to love you anyway. Why? Because Jesus loved me uh, when I was at my worst, so I I, I can love you. If we're truly changed by Jesus, we're going to have these eight qualities and more. All, All these are... Our qualities, they're like a rungs of a ladder. You add one, and you develop the other. Then you add one more, then you develop another, because they, you kind of develop these over time. If we are truly changed by Jesus, we're going to be continually growing in our faith. You say, wait a minute, hold up, hold up. How do, if, if I'm growing in my faith, how do I know that I'm not growing my faith? You given me all these clues about growing in my faith. How do I know that I'm not growing in my faith? Is there a test? How do I know that I'm not growing in my faith? A that, in my faith? Well, here's, here's a few ideas I found with just a simple web search here. Uh, One of the indicators that you're not growing in your faith is this. Your prayers are mostly about you and your needs. Uh, The phrases me, I, and I are common. Uh, Now, I understand it's okay to pray for your needs, but are you praying for uh, others more than you're praying for yourself? Uh, As we begin to have an other mindset, uh, it shows spiritual growth. Number two, you, you may not be growing if you're not excited about the church and its ministries. Involvement in God's mission should excite you. I I get to come to church. I get excited about coming to church. Why? Because God's building the kingdom. It's such an amazing thing. There's there's an eternal aspect to it. Yes, that's so exciting. I want to be on God's team. I want to be in in God's uh, plan because there's nothing greater than I could ever do with my life. So does that excite you or is that excitement I see what God's doing around the world. I want to be involved in that. I see what God's doing down the street in my neighbor's house. I want to be involved in that. Are we excited about that, or is that fading? Number three, we keep Jesus to ourselves. When Jesus has changed us and we are growing, we should have share. He's impacted us. We have a story. Our story, his story becomes our, our story, and it's, it's an amazing journey. Number four, we become more concerned about what the church can do for us rather than what we can do for the church. It's not about me. Rather than feeling, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not fed or, you know, we should have an attitude check. We were in camp. I was a camp counselor, and the, the kiddos were following behind me. We'd always have a, uh, I, I'd turn around. They might be grumpy in the morning, and I'd go, attitude check. And then their response should be, praise the Lord. All right? So let's have an attitude check right now. I say, attitude check. You say, praise the Lord. Ready? Here we go. Attitude check. Praise the Lord. Attitude check. Okay, so we need that kind of attitude in our lives. But God is is working in our lives, and we are here to praise God. We're here to serve each other and serve the Lord, and coming to serve and not to be served. If the if the air is too cold, or if the if the preacher is not loud enough, or if the the flowers aren't right, it's something. It doesn't matter. We're we're the family of God. Amen. We've come to serve. We've got to serve each other and bless each other in Jesus' name. God calls us to to, to love each other, and that's church is like it's a beautiful thing when it works it's ugly when it doesn't so get yourself out of the way and start growing in your faith and I'm, I'm so amazed when anyone takes a step of faith this is my heart you know this is my heart I'm so amazed when anyone takes a step of faith to go on a mission it's, but especially young people and the young at heart I've seen teenagers go to Moldova I've seen the young at heart go to Moldova And it's so inspiring. I know that they're growing in their faith when they do that. Uh, When they go overseas, they go down the street. It's a huge step of faith to do this. Uh, There's a a youth group that went to uh, Florida on a dangerous mission trip. That's dangerous stuff to to do construction and get on a roof and all these kinds of things. But they they stepped out of faith and they did that and said, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you and it's not going to be about me. And you have to trust God to provide for you, to provide the resources to go. And yes, that's scary. But it's also awesome because you get to see God answer prayers. God shows up. If it's God's will, it's God's bill. And he does show up in amazing ways. It's sometimes it's unexplainable. And, but God does that. Faith in Jesus is the beginning of a changed life. God's power and promises are all we need for a changed life. Unending spiritual growth happens in a changed life. We've got to constantly keep growing. We can't stop growing. Doesn't matter how, old, how young you are how old you are, God, God has something He wants to teach you in your life. And He might just take you through something to teach you that as you walk that journey with Him, but please know it's going to get you closer to Him. Please know you'll come out with a better perspective if you're there to endure through that and you don't forget God or walk away from God. God wants you to understand that. But also, uh, spiritual fruit is the result of a changed life. So our, our next point, spiritual fruit is the result of a changed life. Uh, it says this in verse 8 there. It says, For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, you're, you're growing, they're going to keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing of his past sins. See, they, they don't remember Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, because if you do these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be richly provided for you. So if we're growing spiritually, we're going to produce spiritual fruit. We're going to have these eight qualities in increasing measure. Maybe we'll we'll start to work on someone like the spokes of a wheel. We can work on all of them at some point and kind of... Uh, kind of massage these, these qualities. Maybe you're, you're not so patient right now. Maybe it's hard for, harder for you to endure things right now. We'll work on that. You pray that God will equip you with his power and, and understand that. And you need to ask yourself the question, hey, you know, we must also become concerned about our spiritual state. Well, where have I come from, God? Where am I going? Have I slipped? Have I gone far away from God? God, am I not close to you like I was a year ago? Now, am I not close to you like I was a month ago, and so that we must understand that we must grow. So here's a picture of a garden uh, I actually saw yesterday, and many of you are enjoying your tomatoes right now, and so around here you, you get, you, you're gifted with tomatoes and whatnot, and this is a pastor in our area in Northampton County, and he was growing tomatoes, and he, he was proud, and he showed me his tomatoes, and these tomatoes were bearing fruit, and so I snapped a picture of it real quick, and so tomato, a tomato plant produces Tomatoes. You're not going to get grapes from a tomato plant. At least I don't think you are. You're not going to get a potato or an ear of corn from a tomato plant. You're going to get a tomato. Tomato plants produce tomatoes. So it's the reality for a believer to produce good fruit. A good tree is going to produce good fruit. Do you have good fruit in your life? Matthew seven fifteen 15 through 20 says this. Be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly are ravaging wolves. Did you know, church, there are people that are that are gonna deceive you? They're gonna to try to deceive you, and, and outwardly they, they may appear attractive, but inwardly uh, they're they're not speaking the truth. It says you'll recognize recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from, from thorn bushes or thigs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A, a good tree can't produce bad fruit. Let me say it again. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. Neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So you'll recognize them by their fruit. Where is the fruit in your life? These things, faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, endurance, godliness. Brotherly affection, love, where, where are these in your life? Are, are they there? Are you nurturing them? Are you working on them? Could, other, could others you have them and you're better for them? Is this year you know are you better off this year than you were last year? These are the results of a changed life. It's so my prayer for us that we would see the, see that we can have fruit in our life, that God wants us to grow, He wants us to bear fruit in season. But we have to work at it. We have to do things. Uh, you know, God is not just going to, you know, make us uh, from one, from here to there uh, as far as a works perspective. Yes, positionally uh, in Christ. Yes, we, we once saved, always saved, those kinds of things. But we got to grow. we got to grow so that we might impact God's kingdom uh, because God wants to use us. He wants to use you. He wants to use you all every day of your life. He wants to use you. Not just on Sundays, right? Not just during your 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s or 60s. God wants to use you your whole life. And it's up to us to nurture that spiritual growth and say, God, how can you use me today? How can you use me to bear fruit in my life, to work on these things so that I, I might bless other people? I pray you're a blessing to other people. I pray that God uses you in your life. I know he can. God wants us to be reminded of these things. And that we can have a truly changed life in Christ. Are you changed? Ask yourself this question. Is God changing me today like he was yesterday, like he was last year? If he's not, if you're not being changed, you're not making forward progress in your spiritual life, then you need to understand, okay, there are some things that I can do, uh, a reality check here to get some things back into my life, get back into scripture reading, get back into praying for other people. We've got prayer lists here. You can pray for a prayer list. You, You can pray for the nations. You can pray for so many things. And understand that God will do that. He'll work in your life. God, am I struggling with something right now? Am I going through a, a trial right now that's blocking my communication with you? And you, you need to understand that God's got you in that trial to endure and to understand that he's a, he is present with you. And he'll, he said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's a promise of God. And we need to understand that when we go through struggles sometimes in our life. that They're there to teach us. Uh, and, you know, we don't understand suffering sometimes, but God is there. He's a presence with you. So I challenge you to grow in your faith, continue to grow in your faith so that you might bless other. Let's pray.